Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming back in here to the Rangers Review YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts, as this is not an official podcast episode for Rangers Review. Myself, Wardy, alongside Statboy Stevie, you know the drill by now, because we have a breaking news discussion that need to be had here, so we're going to ramble on for upwards of half hour today, and then we'll leave it at that, because we have a lot more to deep dive after what transpires tonight in the next couple of days. And our next podcast, which will be next week, deep diving, recapping the draft for the Rangers and any other moves that have transpired and or are expected to transpire by then. But we got to talk about it's draft day for the New York Rangers. They entered today with only four draft picks in this year's draft. The worst that they've had in a decade span. However, what does Chris Drury do today? He is an absolute wizard. He makes a big move for the Rangers happen. And also, I also apologize to people here on YouTube. I know that staff boy is a little pixelated with the camera. We've all had connection issues. That tends to happen when, again, my man's in Dublin out here and I'm all the way here in the States in PA. Sometimes it's not going to connect properly, but we don't care. The audio is fine. That's what matters. And Steven. Alexander Georgiev is no longer a New York Ranger. He is a Colorado Avalanche. And in return, the Rangers receive a third and fifth round pick in this year's draft. Again, starting tonight, but those picks won't matter until tomorrow. And then also a third round pick in the 2023, which is a massive draft here for the AHL. So what's your initial reaction to this deal, Steven? Because it's hard for me to not just come out smiling, knowing that, wow, Chris Drury probably got the best value humanly possible for Alexander Georgiev given his contract stats and given his lackluster performance these past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, look, it's a trade that we probably wanted what we're expecting to see for about three years now. Um, yeah. And, you know, there've been so many rumors over the years. We were talking about second round pick, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, you know, he was going to be traded to Toronto when Kapanen was still there. Um, but ultimately, if you give me the option between a second round pick or the package we received today, I will prefer the package we received today because after the, the picks we gave up at the deadline, I prefer quantity over quality, you know, get some, some additional picks in this draft. Now we have six for tomorrow. Um, so it's, when you get to the later rounds, it's all about quantity. You know, it's, I rather have two fifth round picks than one third round pick. Um, but yeah, Georgiev traded. Um, he's been with the Rangers for five years. He joined the, the Rangers in 2017, coming over from TPS in Finland. Um, he's probably one of the more polarizing goalies we've had in recent history. Uh, some fans really like him. Uh, other fans really do not. Um, but in general, I think Georgiev for a backup, he's been solid. And last season, he had a really good stretch when Shostorkin was out with injury. Um and good for him, man. He gets to be a starter on a cup contender, a cup contending team. And yeah. uh, second rushing goalie in Colorado Avalanche history after Semyon Verlamov. And it's funny because when we talk about Russian, you know, he's both. He's Bulgarian and Russian. So it's it's interesting uh, when, you, when you look at the, yeah. the heritage line that is Alexander Yorgiev. But 
Yeah, I mean, this is a move that made perfect sense from the Avalanche standpoint, right? It's mm -hmm. been widely reported today at the time recording this that Darcy Kemper's time in Colorado is done. He wants a Philip Grubauer-type deal, making around like six mil AEV over upwards of a five, six-year deal. Avalanche don't want to do that, and I can't blame them whatsoever. So now they go out, they get a young, controllable goaltender that they can potentially get more out of than what the Rangers were able to get out of these past couple of years. And for the Rangers, they, get, they were able to part with a guy that won has been up and down. He looks strong. He had plenty of moments in the past for the Rangers, but there's no denying that these past two seasons, he has not been nearly to the same degree on a consistency level as he was throughout his first couple of years in a New York Rangers uniform. He's definitely struggled. There were definitely back and forth drama with him wanting more playing time and then him not thriving, especially if he goes from being a starter for multiple games where he would thrive and then back in that backup role. It was a hard balance for him, a hard adjustment. But now he has potential with the Avalanche to try to make himself get split a good amount of playing time with whoever the other goaltender will be this upcoming season for the reigning Stanley Cup champions. And now the Rangers, again, are able to get a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick in this year's draft. That in itself is great. The Rangers go from having four picks in this year's draft to now six. And we'll see if they utilize them or if the Rangers potentially utilize any of those more depth picks and say a bigger deal. You know, Chris mm -hmm. Drury's been working the phones left and right. I feel like I've heard more trade rumors than I can handle over the past couple of weeks. So who knows exactly what is on the, the horizon for this Rangers team and with Chris Drury at the helm as GM. But then you have that uh, that third round pick in 2023, which I got to be honest, I'm probably more enticed by that than anything else here. Because in case you guys don't know, the 2023 draft is absolutely star studded. This looks like it's going to be potentially the best draft that we have seen since 2015, 2016. Like, it's been a minute since we have a draft that is looking that strong as the 2023 round. So I'm excited to see how the Rangers can utilize that pick, either for good or if they part with it as well next year. But what I know is that the Rangers, it's hard to imagine that they could have done better than what they did in this deal right here, right today. So, Stephen, we look at Alexander Yurgev. Let's just talk about quickly his time as a New York Ranger, and then we'll expand forward on what we can expect potentially from the Rangers signing the draft, along with all the recent trade rumors. What's our initial reactions to them? And again, we'll deep dive that further, assuming no other major deals happen. Early next week, when we come out with our next official podcast again, today's more of a breaking news one, just reacting to the Gurgiev news and the draft starting tonight. When next week we'll get in the knit and gritty about the picks and about all the latest rumblings regarding the team in New York. But for the Rangers, Alexander Gurgiev, this past season, right, in 33 games, had himself a 292 average. He, um, pardon me, he had a 292 average and a just under 900 save percentage. The year prior in 2020-2021 in the short season, a 905 save percentage with a 2.71 goals allowed average. However, his breakout year that we saw there in his um the New York Rangers a couple years, I should say, you had there in 2017-2018, 2017-2018 season in what, 10 games played, a small sample size, a 315 goals allowed, but did have a 918 save percentage with a far lesser Rangers team in front of him when they were still in that rebuild slash retool. 2018-2019, Georgiev gets 33 games played and has a really strong year for the Rangers, a 291 a goals allowed average and a 914 save percentage. Then 2019-2020 and 34 games, has himself a 304 goals allowed and a 910 save percentage. And from there, it just felt like the inconsistencies would continue and unravel for the young Alexander Georgiev, who's only at 26 years of age. So there's definitely potential for him to maybe reach new heights with the Avalanche and more increased playing time than what he did with the Rangers at this point. But 
Again, Gurriev by no means was he perfect, but he was definitely had his big moments for the Rangers. Definitely had out of nowhere just being the best thing since sliced bread, especially against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Stepped up huge as well against the New York Islanders among many other opponents. So for all the great moments, moments that Gurriev brought during his tenures in New York Ranger, I thank you and I wish him nothing but the best here in Colorado. However, now that the Rangers had parted with him, Stephen, Let's take a moment to think about what are the Rangers going to do now with their goaltending situation? You got Igor at the helm as a number one. Who's going to be number two? What, what's your initial reaction? Because I have something in my mind pretty firm. And I want to know if you agree or disagree. But I want to know exactly what you're thinking at this point in time. All right. Is it? Are you thinking of Marc-Andre Fleury? I'm not thinking of Mark. Oh, Henry. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so uh, if, if that's what you were I, thinking, then we're off. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> the, I, I don't really know what the Rangers are going to do. Um, you would think that they want a veteran to back up Shostjorkin, Um the same way they had Martin Baron backing up Henrik Lundqvist, you know, in the uh, in the early uh, 2010s. Um, I don't know who that guy's going to be. You know, there are some veteran goalies out there that, that are free agents. Um, but I don't think it's going to be Kincaid. That I'm 99% sure that it's not going to be Kincaid. Agreed. Um, the goalie market isn't really there, though. Um, there are trade rumors about Matt Murray going to Buffalo, but uh, Ottawa has to eat a, a significant amount of his salary. He has two years left on a pretty significant deal for a goalie. Um, and it would involve the seventh overall pick. The goalies really aren't a hot commodity at, at the moment, which makes the return we got from Colorado even more impressive. Um, but backup goalie to me is really the last of my worries. Um, so we'll see what they come up with. Um, I think when looking at goaltenders, there's two things. One, my initial reaction is maybe the Rangers – they can either go the veteran route, which would be justified, especially with guys in the farm that aren't necessarily to that level of being in the NHL. However, there is potential that maybe the Rangers could have someone from Hartford or just someone that's developing, get a cup of coffee, see what he can do in that role. The same way that we saw Georgiev have that success when he first broke out with the Rangers, right? Had 10 games in his first year with the Rangers, and then from there really developed into a solid backup for a couple of years before he again had his inconsistencies. But veteran front, to just touch on it briefly, there's one guy that just standing out to me right away that is not Marc-Andre Fleury, because again, I would be surprised if the Rangers brought in Fleury, not impossible but i would be surprised by that because i did see a report today that flory was returning to minnesota then it was backtracked kevin weeks came out with that report and normally Weeks sees on yeah. the money but then you had frank cervelli saying no no this is not confirmed so i guess that's a question first, mark first still time, i think this is the first time kevin weeks was actually uh, wrong about something i know and that and that's saying a lot however there is one guy that stands out and he's interesting to me and that is Yaroslav halak now, Halak didn't have a terrible year with Vancouver this past year, just allowed 2.94 goals allowed and the 903 save. So basically, Georgiev type numbers, but from a veteran who, again, knows New York well during his time with the New York Islanders, knows the East Coast well, not just with the Islanders, but also during his time with the Boston Bruins. He's been all over the place, right? But he has that veteran experience that could definitely help out, in my personal opinion, the likes of Igor Shesterkin. This could be the veteran that the Rangers haven't had since Henrik Lundqvist. So no, do I think he's, I don't expect him to be an absolute stud or anything of that nature, but if we're basing things on a potential veteran fit, 
I do think Yaroslav Halak could be a more appealing fit. And I also even say that then potentially someone more than even, even with Braden Holtby, I don't know how to feel with Holtby. I got to be honest. I know Holtby didn't have the worst year at a 2.78 goals allowed in the 913 save percentage last year for Dallas. But Holtby, him with the Rangers, that just feels sacrilegious as is. And two, for basing things on veterans, Halak could be an appeal, an appealing fit that again, you're not going to have to give up an arm and a leg to acquire money wise. Mm -hmm. Um, so the Rangers now getting away from that goaltending talk for a minute. Let's talk about the draft tonight, right? The Rangers, again, they're, they have no first-round picks at this juncture. They are a team that will really start to make moves as they get into the second, third, you know, the latter, the latter rounds there in the draft. So, Stephen, what's your initial expectation for the draft starting tonight? And what's kind of your overall take on, do you think that there's any potential that the Mets could, not the Mets, I'm always thinking Mets because I make Mets content. What's your overall take on the Rangers potentially making any moves throughout the next 48 hours here at this NHL draft? Yeah, I don't think the Rangers are going to make a move tonight. I think the day one of the draft for Ranger fans is going to be very boring. I don't think the Rangers are going to be involved at all. Uh, but hey, it could be wrong. You, you never know. Uh, I just don't see them trading into the first round um, unless there's a crazy offer for for one of their one of their players that they're willing to part with. Um, but I think tomorrow is going to be interesting. Julian Gauthier might be traded for a pick. Uh, but now going into day two with six picks in uh, rounds two to seven um, makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and yeah, I, I don't I don't know who else they would trade aside from Julian Gauthier at this point. Patrick Nemeth, they want to offload, but can you find a team that wants to take on a Arizona contract? baby? Arizona, let's make it happen. They're, they I mean, are the they are the dumpster for every single team in the NHL. True, That's true. the team I'm looking at. True. Um, I don't really see Drury making a big move today or tomorrow. Um, yeah. I think after the draft, we might see a trade happening. Um, but if something happens tomorrow, it'll be either to clear cap space or to acquire picks for players that aren't going to have a future on this team like Julian Gauthier. Let's be honest here. Gauthier's future with the Rangers is pretty much, I mean, his, his tenure as a Rangers pretty much come to an end now. You know, they had was, their opportunities. Um, he, you know, he, and he had his opportunities. He didn't make the most of it. Uh, he created scoring chances, but uh, he's probably worse at finishing them than Ryan Strom with open nets. No, he is. Uh, Julian Gauthier is actually yeah. one of, if not the worst goal scorer in the yeah. NHL. Yeah. Again, yeah. it's hard because he's had a small sample size, and that was something that bothered me the most yeah. during Quinn's tenure when we had Gauthier and we still weren't giving this guy playing time when it's like now's the time to do it. Yeah. And then you have okay. Gallant, and at that point it was like, I'll be surprised if Gauthier gets any consistent mm -hmm. playing time with the direction the Rangers yeah. are in. Well, we're talking about a, a player that's – I think. Well, how old is he, 24? Something like that. I think yeah, he's like 24, 25. He's not, he's yeah. not old at all. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if a team that has a lot of picks in the draft, like the Montreal Canadiens, would take a flyer on him. You know, give like give up a third or fourth round pick. You know, have so many to uh, – this is the thing with the Canadiens. They ha I think they have 17 picks in the draft. They're not going to make 17 selections because you're not going to add 17 players to your organization in one summer. Because the, the reserve list isn't big enough for, I mean, you could do it once, but your reserve list isn't really big, made to add 17 players over one summer. So I think they might 
either trade up in the draft or trade a, a pick or two to acquire a player that is going to, you know, give them something. Maybe maybe a third and a fifth round pick for Julian Gauthier. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But that is a trade that I could see happening tomorrow. Um, Dryden Hunt, I think, might be a, another player that, that that could return a pick. Libra Hayek. Um, we're not talking about much, maybe like a seventh rounder, sixth rounder, but at this stage, you know, get draft picks, you know, get, get quantity and then, you know, draft some players tomorrow because you have to, you have to at least add new players to your organization. If you're going to have people, if you're going to have players walk in free agency, if you're going to have prospects like Evan Veerling that aren't signing or Jakob Ragnarsson in Sweden, his rights expire this summer. Um, so yeah, for me, the most exciting thing is to see Brennan Othman on the broadcast tonight. He's at the draft in Montreal. Yes. And in case you guys don't know, Steven did a phenomenal interview with Othman of recent posted some more clips that you saw there on Twitter, leading up to the draft and uh, not to take words out of your mouth, but I do know that Othman is there because he's like best friends with Shane Wright. So naturally him getting to attend yeah. a draft for the first time, it was mm -hmm. just appealing. Yeah, they grew up together. They played together uh, as kids. They played together for the Don Mills Flyers before they were drafted into the OHL. Um, both have their birthday on January 5th, which I think was very interesting. Hmm. Uh, that's, of course, why Shane Wright's number is 51, in case anyone was wondering. Oh, that makes uh, sense. Okay. It, it makes sense. Um, and Brandon Othman's number 78 is an interesting one, too, but I'll get to that when I publish the interview I did with him. Uh but yeah, they they've known each other for years. They played together. They're best friends. So Shane Wright, I think Shane Wright's going to be the first overall pick tonight. By the way, I know there's been some talk about Juris Slavkovsky. Uh, there's never been a down my mind. I think that this is maybe just media being bullshit. First, first overall pick, but it has to be Shane Wright all the way. You know, it's it feels a little bit like Matthews against Line in 2016, where yeah, the days leading up to the draft, people were like, "Oh, Line had such a good World Championships, maybe." The Maple Leafs are going to go with Line A instead, but no. These decisions are made well before draft day. Um, so, yeah, I think Shane Wright's going to be the first overall pick. Brennan Othman's going to be there. It's going to be a great experience for him because he didn't get to experience a normal draft when he was picked, of course, because it was still a COVID draft, so it was virtual. Um, but, yeah, um, I'm not expecting anything from the Rangers tonight. I'm just going to relax turn on my stream around midnight and, and watch the picks unfold without any pressure, without any anticipation. Yeah. You know, you're hundred percent right. And I'm glad that you brought up that we shouldn't expect the Rangers to do anything drastic during the draft. I agree with you on that notion. I think if that happens, that'll be uh, maybe a pleasant surprise. You know, I think I'm most a Gautier. If they can part with Nemeth awesome. Cause he has no room on this roster was a bad contract from the beginning. Sounds like a day that ends in Y when talking about that contract to begin with. By the um, way, if, if, if Nemeth is bought out, it's going to be the most embarrassing buyout of the Rangers in the salary cap era. I'm not going to say oh, it's yeah. the worst buyout, but it's the most embarrassing one. And, and it's another year, another buyout for the Rangers because it happens every other year with the pace of We're one on. year away from, from being clear of all the buyout penalties. If we're going to buy out Nemeth now, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> I, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens. But what I do know regarding this year's draft is, one, there are a lot of things going on in the NHL, right? Not just for the draft, but rumors overall. There, I'm seeing left and right, 
The, the Blackhawks are selling off on their best players. Why? Because they're the Blackhawks, right? Alex Dabrinkit, he might be landing somewhere soon. Maybe he won't get dealt for a top pick in this year's draft. Amazing young goal scorer that I know a lot of the teams that have top picks in your, this year's draft have shown interest in. You have uh, Kirby Doc as well. That's now in trade rumors. A man's only 22, and the Blackhawks are like, all right, we're already, we are already done trying to develop you. You see the Flames, Giant Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk in rumors. Again, rumors only mean so much. We're aware of that. How, how much of these are actually going to build into something of substance and actually lead to a deal? We'll find out, but that is the nature of the game this offseason. Plenty of the other rumors going around, but the Rangers, per usual, another offseason, another year where the Rangers are connected to every player known to man. From Pierre-Luc Dubois, from Evgeny Malkin, Evan Rodriguez, a couple guys for the Penguins, right? To different, varying degrees. But the main one as of late that we have seen is, I, I'm going to say it, we talked about it before, we're going to talk about it again, is your favorite New York Ranger of all time, Stephen, and that it. is JT Miller. No, and JT Miller, who has a year left on his deal, is now being pinned to the Rangers as the Rangers looking like one of the top dogs to land him. Now, what we've seen in return, what are potential players that could be part with? We've seen Kako's name thrown out there. We've seen some top prospects name thrown out there. I don't know how to feel. So really, I'm awfully curious to see if anything transpires, let alone throughout the weekend, and how this buildup of trade talk will go on as we have our next podcast and more in-depth one okay. next week. I, and I what's, your initial, what's your initial reaction to all these rumors, Stephen? Because I know that as soon as I've seen them start to unravel, I'm like, this man is standing on a ledge as we speak, ready to risk it all. So let me hear it. I have a question for the people listening live uh, through YouTube. Please, in the comments... Let me know if there was ever a Ranger that had a better second stint than a first stint for the Blue Shirts. Yeah, this is something that you've been really sturdy on. I remember you made this point leading up to the trade deadline, too. Aside from Peter Nedved and maybe Dominic Moore, who was a fourth liner anyway, has there been, like, has there been aside from Peter Nedved, a top six player that had a better second stint in New York than a first stint? I don't know. Messier wasn't it. Kovalev wasn't it. it just, I do. I do want to. I do just want to interject slightly, though, Stephen, regarding Miller for a second. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out that should Miller in the hypothetical be dealt to the Rangers, that he will be a better performer than what he was during his time with the Rangers in his first stint. And the reason maybe, why I say maybe. that is simply based on the fact that he is right in the prime of his career. So. Location aside, new team again aside, all those major factors that, again, of course, can make or break Miller's performance should he return to the Rangers. If you see what he's doing with the guys around him, it's hard to imagine that he wouldn't be able to put up at minimum 70, 75, even 80-plus points in his first year with the Rangers. Again, that will be based on utilization, teammates, and understanding he's back in New York and not going to be acting childish the way he was his first time in NYC. But I understand the point you're trying to make. I'm just trying to make it clear, too, that this yeah. is a change JT Miller from the one that the Rangers saw mm-hmm. years ago. Okay, so here's, a, here's another point, though. And Sure. It would be a typical Rangers move to trade away a player for peanuts, to start a rebuild, to kickstart a rebuild. To then go through a rebuild where you trade player, where you draft players, <laughs> and then four years later, tur- or three years later, turn around and trade those players for JT Miller's final year of his contract 
after you missed out on his best seasons. Yeah. No, that, that would out. be that would be so bad when you when you evaluate from that aspect. I agree. It's a big circle, is what it is. He had 99 points this past season. What Very are good. the odds he's gonna get close to that? Again, though, I don't want to sit here and make assumptions. Um, I think it's very easy to nitpick and say that we've seen the best of JT Miller. However, I do think he could be effective. Is JT Miller the kind of player that makes us better five on five? Is he the kind of player that drives the play? Is he the possession player that makes it easier for this team to transition from the defensive zone into the neutral zone into the offensive zone? Because for me, it's not all about points. For me, it's about finding the right fit. For me, it's about finding the player that's filling the holes that this team has. I don't think JT Miller is necessarily bringing something we don't already have. Aside from the fact that he only has one year left, which I think would be a stupid trade because the Rangers clearly don't have the cap space to sign into an extension. So you are basically trading for a glorified rental player here. You're trading for one year of JT Miller. What are you going to give up? A first round pick and Capo Caco? If you give up that package for one year of JT Miller, then Drury should be fired yesterday. It, w- it would be so Glenn Sather-esque of him. That, would, that trade do, would be deal worse. That, magnitude. that trade would be almost worse than the Butchnevich trade. Yeah, I think you for can make that year, argument. For one year of JT Miller, no. If another team wants to wants to give up a bunch of assets to acquire JT Miller, go ahead. I'm just not interested. Look, it's not that I don't want to trade a guy like Nils Lundqvist or Capo Caco. Honestly, I don't care. If you you want to you want to trade him for for a package that's going to help you become a better team, I'm all for it. I'm any player can be traded. If you want to trade Adam Fox for a player that makes us better. Go for it. I really don't care. What what bothers me is people talking about giving up a a blue chip prospect or a a good young player plus a first round pick for a player that is only going to be here for one year. And that, that that's the type of move. That's the type of move the Boston Bruins would have made last year. Yeah. When you try to squeeze the last little bit out of your your generation of of great players, you try to squeeze one final cup run out of Patrice Bergeron. The Washington Capitals trying to squeeze whatever you can out of Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Oshie. You know, JT Miller would be perfect on the Pittsburgh Penguins. You know, try to make one final run with, with JT Miller added to that forward core. Well, they, they just signed Latane is six times six. So, I mean, oh, no, no. yeah, look, look. I think out the window, now that Latane is signed for six years, which I think is an atrocious deal because. Oh, it's it's perfect. As a Rangers fan, I, I'm I'm enjoying every second of this. He's going to be there until he's 41. Yeah. If, if they can only, you know, technically they can buy him out, but what's the point? Because you don't get cap relief for a buyout of a 35 plus contract. So, uh, but look, JT Miller is going to be a great addition to a contending team that is on the back end of their cup window or to a team that has the cap space to sign into an extension next year. And that's the issue because the Rangers are that team that right now, neither of those apply to the Rangers. We're not at the back end of our, of our cup run and we don't have the cap space to sign into an extension next year. Even if we trade Truba away, 
We have Lafreniere and Miller coming off their ELCs. We have Hedel being an RFA. Uh, Zach Jones is going to be an RFA. Um, and then I think a year later or two years later, Igor Shesturkin is going to need a next contract. If you're going to sign JT Miller, it's not going to be for one or two years. It's probably going to be at minimum six. Yeah, so JT Miller makes no sense for the Rangers, in my opinion. If you want to give up a guy like Kako or Lundqvist, or if you, even if you want to trade Lafreniere, you know, and you trade him for a player like Dubois or Zegras or, I don't know, Josh Norris. I'm just throwing random names out. I'm not saying these, these players are going to be traded, but if you want to trade those players for a 22, 23-year-old guy that you have like four or five years of control over, that makes a lot more sense to me than to go after a player that's going to be an unrestricted free agent 12 months from now. I think it's important for the Rangers, how they're valuing this team, to not get ahead of themselves and view that this amazing run in the playoffs means that they are this close in the sense mm -hmm. of that we should start cutting development from what we built over the past four or five years. That is my concern when you see these JT Miller rumors, right? It's hard to not view it as anything otherwise because being a rental, knowing his value, how much it'll still take to get him. Cause let's be real guys. Even with JT Miller being a rental, it's going to cost you a good amount to acquire him. Cause there are other top contending teams looking to do the exact same thing. But the Rangers, as you point out greatly, Steven are not in that position or from the eye test, from the paper test, from everything, it just does not add up to have him land with this team. Unless Chris Drury really has something tricky up his sleeve. Now, would I love, would I take JT Miller back on the Raiders with open arms? Absolutely. But it all depends on the type of deal we're, we're looking for. And once more, it's hard to imagine that the Rangers could do something without their potentially having some significant repercussions parting ways with young talent that is only just getting started in their NHL careers. Just imagine the type of backlash if you, again, acquire a rental and you part with an Alexi Lafreniere. A Capo Caco, one of those guys to a degree who I know that some fans feel different about those players and others, but doesn't change the fact that these guys are still so young in their career and the potentials through the roof with them cannot tell me otherwise. Um, so yeah, there's definitely concerns. And that's why when we've seen talks of recent with Pierre-Luc Dubois, that in my opinion was at least more enticing with a guy that is a little bit more controllable younger, still in his mid twenties right now and can provide strong, a strength for the Rangers at, you know, center slash wing position, even though that he's a below 50% face-off guy in his career, so it doesn't help that much there. Um, mm. But as, of course, experience with Alexi Lafreniere, um, they know each other with Team Canada and also our Timmy Panarin, of course, during their time in Columbus. So that in itself is a fit, but we all know the Rangers would have to give up quite a bit for Dubois, who's at most a 60-point getter, when the Rangers basically have that, I would argue, in Andrew Kopp right now. So it's like, what do you want to commit more? Do you want to focus more on the value of a guy's contract right now? Or do you want to focus more on the team control, the age, and the potential higher upside down the road? The Rangers are really having a balance of what they need to figure out here. But all I know is that we're either going to find out more moves this weekend or we're surely going to be talking more about this in-depth heavily in next week's podcast. So, Steven, do you have any final kind of comments about the draft, about trade rumors or anything of that juncture that you would like to share with us Ranger fans before we wrap up today's show? Um, not really. Um, I do have one question. Since this is not an official episode, we're not going to go through jersey number history here at the Correct. end. However, 
there is one other NHL goalie that was under contract for the Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche. Can you name him? Under contract? Did he play with both of them or was he just under contract? He was a backup for the Colorado Avalanche and he played one game for the New York Rangers. Oh, you son of a... <laughs> Oh my goodness. What year did he play with the Rangers? 1999-2000. Oh my goodness. Uh, considering that was the year I was born, I'm going to go on a limb and say I'm not going to get this one. Um, uh, was he by all means a prominent goaltender in the league? Or no? No. No. All right. Well, then just tell me who the hell it is, Steven. He, he, he played for the Vienna Capitals at the end of his career. That, that's all you need to know. Okay. It would make sense that you know him for that reason then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Jean-Francois Labbé. Oh, of course. Of course it was Jean-Francois you, you Labbé. Who, who, sh- shame on me for not knowing Jean-Francois Labbé. <laughs> uh, you guys see what I deal with? <laughs> no, my. All right. Well, you know what, folks? It's draft night. I'm excited. Even if the Rangers don't do anything, it's gonna be. I'm looking forward to seeing the draft. You know, yeah. it's been a minute now. I'm, I'm just excited to see a draft back in a, in an arena again. I know. It, it, know feels, with, it feels surreal. I know with with all the teams sitting at their table instead of in their own conference room, and it's not gonna take three or four hours to get through five picks. Um, so I'm looking forward to this, you know, um, Shane Wright, I think still is going to go number one. Um, there's going to be a couple of interesting players in high in the draft, like Cutter Gauthier, who is, uh, American, an American kid, but he was born in Sweden. Um, so whoever's going to draft him, I'm going to, I'm, uh, you know, it's like your gift. Like when people he, say he's, he's, a sleeper, he's a sleeper pick. I liked him. Yeah. I, I've looked, yeah. I've read up more about him the past week. Yeah. He's, he, he's a nice little player. So his dad was a goalie in the Swedish league around the time he was born. That's why he was born there. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there, there's Logan Cooley is probably going to be a top three player. Um, um, there's, there's just, just so many there, there's, there's the fact that there's Slovak kids in the top 10, like Simon Nemec, David Jiricek, or I think Jiricek is Czech, but, um, having players from like, you know, Czechia and Slovakia being uh, being projected high in the draft. I think it's, is always, it's not a common thing because those countries, you know, they don't really have that happen very often. You see it with Finnish kids, Swedish kids, you know, the, and Russians. They get into the top ten frequently, but uh, Czechs and Slovaks is not it's not that common. There's even a kid from Austria that that could go as high as as the top ten. Uh, Marco Kasper, he plays in Sweden. Question for you real quick, Steve, before we wrap up the show. Do you think that at all could have been a factor with obviously the war that had transpired over the past year with Russia where you saw scouts maybe taking some focus away from certain Russian players and focusing on some other respective European countries? Do you at all believe that could be a factor or no? I think the scouting is not going to be a factor. I think the situation with how the KHL is handling things now the NHL and the KHL no longer having the agreement to respect each other's contracts, you might see smaller teams avoid Russian players. You might see teams that aren't in big hockey markets maybe go with the safer option by going with a kid from Sweden or Finland, Canada, United States. Um, But I think for teams like the Maple Leafs, the Chicago Blackhawks, New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, like the original six teams and 
a couple of really big market teams like the LA Kings. Uh, you know, it's still a big market is Los Angeles. So it's always speaking about a potentially great trade partner. Uh, we'll talk about it next week. The Canes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the big market teams might not shy away from the Russian kids because of what's going on, but the smaller teams might. Yeah, no, de definitely interesting point. That I just want to bring up because it popped in my head, but yeah. awesome. Steven, I'm pumped up. I know you guys are too. Again, thank you all so much to everyone that chimed in for this breaking news episode of Rangers review unofficial one An official podcast will be out earlier next week. I'm for around Monday or Tuesday. We'll see how our schedules look, but hopefully big, I, uh, big I, couple I, days I, in the HL. Big yeah. for the Rangers and Steven has one more thing that he has to stay because I, I have one more I have one more thing I want to share. I actually forgot that I that I that I scheduled these tweets, but uh <laughs> earlier today I uh I tweeted some um some some segments from uh prospect interviews I've done over the years uh with Zach Jones, Brett Berard, uh, Will Cooley, Ryder Korsak, and Brennan Othman. Mm -hmm. Uh I posted the video segment of where they talk about what it's like to be drafted by the Rangers in case anyone's interested. Oh, there you go. That That's definitely some must-see TV. Again, check it out, guys. That's Statboy underscore Steven. For all my Rangers fans out there that want to follow Steven, I'm WardyNYM here on Twitter and, of course, on YouTube on my main YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for listening for the Rangers Review YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back in a couple days after the draft to break down the draft for the Rangers and look ahead for some potential moves on the horizon this offseason. Thank you again, folks. And as always, Steven, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.